Hey, welcome to Sticks and Scones, where Adam bakes scones while discussing sticks with Brad. Sticks and scones may break my bones, but art rock quintets will never hurt me. In fact, they are the source of my greatest strength. So bad. All right. <laughs> We're here. We are here, all right. I gotta go upstairs. Back in where we needed to be. Yep. Just Just south of somewhere. Which is in the uh, Sticks and Scones arena. Just north of South Amboy. Yes. So did you see the, the photo I sent you like five minutes ago? I did. I wasn't quite sure what to make of that. Not the serpent with the girl holding the kittens. Oh. Oh. Like, like I, I sent that like a half hour ago. I mean, like five minutes ago. I Whoa, sent you wait a second. What the hell is that? <laughs> God damn it, Brad. What the fuck? Was it dated? Did it have a timestamp? There's no... I mean, it's obviously very old. I mean... So, I don't know. Do we want to talk about this or just not? Yeah. I more think it's kind of like a curiosity than a, like a goddamn it. Here, I'm going to send another photo here. Well, it's definitely a curiosity. But, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm getting ready to record Sticks and Scones. I don't know why. It's almost just like a nervous habit, like a weird thing. I just typed Sticks and Scones into Google. Assuming our episodes would be the first result. At least two of them, right? Which they're up there. But not at the top. But not... Well, the first thing Google shows are videos, right? I mean, there's no Sticks yeah. and Scones videos. Well, we could rectify at least that. No Sticks and Scones videos about us. But there is... I, have, I don't know when this is from. The 70s? The early 80s? I don't know. I'm gonna say this is from the area. This is from the era of the glory days of sticks. Looks like early '80s to me. Yeah, yeah. If I, I, mean, if it's I just to had tell. to guess. It, it, yeah, early '80s. It could be mid '70s, also though. I, I don't think so. It looks a little too fancy. How long does a horse live, in general? Twenty years. Yeah. So maybe this was like yeah. So I'll explain why. Because I so I just discovered this. I haven't done too much info. So what we're looking at is a racehorse named Sticks and Scones. God damn it! S T Y X. Yes. And scones. So you know, there's no original ideas out there. Really Whether it's aren't. a podcast or a racehorse, doesn't matter. Sticks and scones. It's just crazy. Is out there. Um, and there's not only a sticks and scones out there. All right, two and I'm a half cups all-purpose flour. Okay, good. You got the kitchen outfit going. Yep. Good, good, good. I'm gonna. I don't know if I send you one more image. Can you look at it? Yeah, I'll look at are it. Are you able to see it? Or are you two in the weeds there no, on no. here? I can do it. All right. I'm trying to send it. I, I do want to sift this flour though. Yeah, I'll just send it like this. So here comes yet one, one, one last photo. I'm sure there's more photos to check out. Here comes the junk. 
Oh, I mean, well, right. Carmine Abatiello. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not that one. I just sent another one. That one I sent a little while ago, too. Sticks and Scams? Sticks and Scams! In the same race as Sticks and Scones? Wait, what am I no, looking at? No, no, that's Sticks and Scones' offspring. Oh, God. Sticks and Scones and Camfella had four children, according to this. Cam's Jesus. Eclipse, Cam Scone, Relentless Cam, and Sticks and Scams. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's accurate, <laughs> because Sticks and Scams was the highest-priced yeah, that's true. The equestrian unit. It was quite 000. a scam. I mean, it's five times as much as uh, Cam's Eclipse. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. In this race here with Carmine Abatiello racing Sticks and Scones, Sticks and Scones easily won this race. Fucking A. And that is what was expected, because everyone's like, Sticks and Scones is going to fucking blow this out of the water, and she did. (laughs) In this video of this race that's like five minutes long, and then an interview afterwards with Carmine Abatiello, they say Sticks and Scones probably 700 times. What the fuck? (laughs) Like, they just won't stop saying it. They work it into every (laughs) single sentence. Like, I understand when they're announcing the race, it's all like, oh, Sticks and Scones is in the lead. Oh, and here comes Tina's puppet, but no, Sticks and Scones still in the lead. Oh, Sticks and Scones easily coasting up. Favored to win Sticks and Scones. Here they are in the lead, Sticks and Scones, everything. But then they interview, and the guy's interviewing Carmine. He's just like, Carmine, great race. Sticks and Scones really sailed to victory. And he's like, yeah, I know. Sticks and Scones was great. Sticks and Scones really... Really just sailed through there. You know, whenever you're driving sticks and scones, you know you have it easy. She's just going to get right over that finish line first. I love sticks and scones. Like, they just won't stop saying sticks and scones. It's very weird. I'll send that later to you. All right. Well, you know, when we were first thinking about this, we really thought we had something here. I know. Something original. We We thought we had the pun of the century. Yeah. But, you know, it's easy to say sticks and scones and come up with that pun. But to actually live it in the sense that discuss sticks while making scones. Yeah. I say, you know, we win hands down. Because a horse race is... The sticks and scones world. Let's face it. Neither sticksy nor sconesy. No, no. And, And this podcast is both. Yeah. Yeah, and and so the origin of the name, it takes some of the glamour of it, but I think Sticks and Scones was uh, bred at the River Sticks stable, which is why that Sticks got worked in there. Say again. <laughs> the River, there's apparently, there's like a River Sticks stable. Okay. And that's where Sticks and Scones hails from. But, what, but anyway, how does the scones part just because it was a pun? How does that factor? I think just because it was a pun. You know, horse names love their puns. They do. They do. I guess it shouldn't be that There's crazy. There's probably either. another one called like pickup sticks or something. S T Y X. Like I don't know. But There's yeah, probably a horse called regarding, 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 regarding. 
regarding, 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 regarding Henry out there somewhere? If there's not, I think there needs to be. I'm sure there's <laughs> someone out there. Gotta be. Think, that needs a, like, man, I need a fresh idea for horse names. They're all taken. I know. I'll do regarding, 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 regarding Henry. Fuck, it's taken. I've got it. Regarding, 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 regarding Henry. Fuck, it's taken. Oh, no. One more. It's like, you know, when the septic cleaning company has their name like A-A-A-A-A-A-A sewage removal. Right. So they're the first in the phone book. Well, shit. I mean... I was going to be a little butthurt by that, but you talked me down. Yeah. Half a cup of sugar. Good, good. You need the sugar in them scones. You got to have some sugar. Some sugar. What's a scone without sugar? Just a hunk of bread. (laughs) Hard bread. Hunk of floury bread. That's all it is. That's all a lot of things are when you take the sugar away. A hunk of... Hard tack. Just a hunk of hard something that's just not sweet. I think there's a correlation between sugar and sweetness. Yeah, you got to be careful. It's not necessarily causation. Right, Right, but there's definitely a correlation. There's a correlation there. I, I think, you know, it occurs to me. All right, baking soda. Baking soda? Baking powder. You know, that's always the rub, isn't it? Baking powder. I, I don't know the difference, man. I'm got to be careful. I'm that, I'm that horribly out of the loop on shit. You've got to be careful because one adds like an extra shit to it. Like baking yeah. powder adds cornstarch. Baking soda does not. I think that's we're going to assume. I mean, they're just two completely separate things, I thought. No, I, mean, I knew that much about they're it. They're not. They're not, though. They're one, not. They're, they're s- the same, but one has cornstarch in it. Okay. But, it, you know, they might as well be different. Right. Two teaspoons. Because that cornstarch makes all the difference. Two teaspoons baking powder. And the baking powder is not the orange box that you put in your freezer. It's the other one. Okay. The baking yes, it comes... Powder has Mike, more shit in it. Right. There's one half. Baking soda is just pure whatever. You mix it with vinegar and it makes a thing go up, right? Right. Right. There's one. There's one and a half. I could only find the half a teaspoon, so I'm trying not to lose count because I swear I've lost count before. And, you know, that's a real bummer when you're baking. Yeah, we've talked about it. Yep. But baking is kind of like a... It's more of a science in some ways than an art, really. But, but you know, the last scones I made, I was winging it kind of all over the place. And they turned out pretty good, didn't they? Yeah, I I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. All right, three quarters. Salt? Oh, I need some salt. See, now you got to be careful here. Half teaspoon of salt. But you do not want kosher salt. You want regular... Iodized or non-iodized, just table salt for this. And don't pour the salt into the 
spoon right above your dish. Oops, you know, what no. if you do too much? I know that. Okay. I've learned that much. I wonder I've, how you I've, learned I've that. I've tried to teach my children that as well. Like, in what context? And I think they've almost got it. Like, what were you making when you learned that lesson? Because I can't imagine you baking shit, honestly. Yeah, you know, and it well, it doesn't just go with baking. Like, it really doesn't. anything. It doesn't. Like, I might be whipping up a, uh, you know, like putting seasonings into a... Big bowl of a beans. A chili or something, yeah. You know, pouring some olive oil into the... You know, I want to, oh, well, this needs a little more olive oil. Well, I'm not going to just put pour the thing into it. Although I did have that mistake just the other day. Thursday. Ugh. No, Friday. No. Saturday. No. Saturday. No. You, Sunday. You know what? No, you, no, you, Saturday. You live? Saturday, no. You learn. You measure? Saturday, yes. You learn. I made some chili on Saturday. You bake, you learn. You cook, I was. A, I was going to send you a picture of the chili. I would have loved to have seen but it. But I was too busy enjoying it to stop and take a picture. That seems fine. But I, uh, when I was making it, I, I was going, I, was, I had like some, you know, the little like McCormick seasoning. I don't think it was actually McCormick brand. It was some other brand. But it had kind of like a smoked chipotle pepper, ground up seasoning mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of like, I went to like sprinkle some in and it just kind of poured out. Oh, did it not have the regulator on it? Yeah, it, it, it did, but it like didn't work or something. It just like, it just came out, like just pure came out like the little holes were just way too big or something you know what happens to me sometimes is like my lids have different avenues towards you know opening them sometimes there's a flip top right but sometimes yes. you have to unscrew it so yes. sometimes it's a flip top and i think it's an unscrewy so i just unscrew it and i go all willy-nilly and i go clunk and it just goes dumping in there yeah but that's not what but happened you know, to you the chili turned out great. Didn't well, matter. A little spicy. It's a little spicier than I was aiming for, but you know, I think it was a blessing because I really appreciated the extra spice. Yeah, sometimes you need a little zip to your zang. Yeah, exactly. You know? A little grove to my eglantine. <laughs> now that doesn't open this album, does it? No, it doesn't. No, it's the second track, though. Second track. Yeah, it's a nice second, second track. track, I think. Yes. So, See, you so bastard, leave it alone. So, Serpent is Rising. Before we get into it, I have a few small observations about the old album overall. Okay. Some facts. Serpent is Rising. And uh-huh. before I get into my specific facts, I guess I should talk about some general facts, which is this is the third Sticks album. Yep. 1973, October 1973 to be exact, uh, Spotify says 74 for whatever reason. They're like rounding up. I don't know. I don't trust Spotify's information. Yeah, I wouldn't trust it either. You little bastard. Especially in this case. But, um, 
So, but but you know, as I mentioned, nineteen seventy three. That that makes this album forty six years old. Oh my God! Don't say things like that. We're quickly approaching half a century. Oh God, that's terrible. But I mean, when you listen to this album, it was already shit ton old. So it was like ten years old when I was listening to it. <laughs> Which, think about this. I was listening to uh, 15 Step by Radiohead from their album In Rainbows. Yes. I remember when that came out, 2007, oh, I, I think. And I'm like, man, they're still making music. Kid A is so fucking old now. And Kid A was only like six or seven years old. Yeah. In Rainbows is 12 years old now. What the hell? It's this time. It keeps moving on year after year. It's so an say. unstoppable juggernaut of a force. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it sometimes, but what are you going to do, man? You make the most of the time you have, Brad. I need a little cream so, cheese here. Smooth it out. The other general, well, this is a kind of another just thing I noticed. I, I, I felt, I don't know, like this was something worth writing down here in my notebook. I hope I don't have to soften this cream cheese. That would be a bummer. How would you, how do you soften cream cheese other than time? Time. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know, apparently we have a lot of time. I don't have the 22 years. This album is 46 years old. Right, but I don't have 22 years. No. I'm getting the stink eye because I'm messing up the kitchen a little bit. Are you, in the, are you in the underground baking layer or the upstairs I, baking I'm, layer? I'm in the upstairs baking layer. I'm getting ready to go down, but I wanted to get my mise en place in place. Gotcha. Got to get your mise en place in place. Gotcha, gotcha. Because I don't want to be trekking up and down with a bunch of crap. So I'm going to be kind of... Bit tidying as I go a little bit. All right, gotcha. I only need three ounces of this. It's an eight ounce package, so yeah, that looks about right. <laughs> what could go wrong? There we go. All right. All right. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Please continue. Well, I was just gonna say this album has small lyrics. Right. What I mean by that is the quantity of the lyrics are small, concise. Which, listening to the songs, I don't get that sense. Not at all. But, you know, after like the third or fourth listen through, I was like, I started like Googling the lyrics so I can be like, well, what is these songs really about? Let me like dive in a little deeper, read the lyrics, read along with it. And like, it'd be like one iPhone screen or less would be the whole song. It'd be like 20 lines or something tops. Yeah. And a lot of them are repeated. Yeah, and it's like 20 lines of, of thing. It's like a four-and-a-half-minute song, a five-minute song. Six minutes in some cases. Right. But, you know, that's them. They're, you know, virtuosos. They're relying the, the lyrics yes, on and their the, and the voice is just one of the many elements that they're keeping all within balance in these elaborate compositions. <laughs> See, if this was anyone else, I would know that they were just trying to humiliate me. But, but I'm completely like sincere. Genuine. 
I'm being completely sincere when I say that. I realize it may have came out a little weird, but... I mean, you're right. Like, whether you like it or not, I think that's an accurate description of what they do. Yes. Vanilla extract. Vanilla extract. How much of this? A teaspoon, I'm going to say. Let me see. So there's a vanilla extract involved, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking for clues. Yep. There's a vanilla extract involved. All right. Let's see. A teaspoon. Does that look like a teaspoon? Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to put a little something else in there, too, but I'm not going to tell you what that is. Okay. Whoop. Looks good. These are not going to be in any way reptile-flavored scones, are they? Brad, I really can't say. All right, let's see. All right, these will be serpent scones. I just, I really can't say. I mean, I wouldn't make something that intentionally tasted disgusting for you to eat. So I'll say that much. Right. How about that? Right. I'll go with that. All right. But you know, in some parts of the world, snakes are delicacy. I would well, imagine. I actually don't know. You a big I'm just guessing. Serpent fan. I mean, the album, yes. <laughs> As culinary, no. Right, 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 right. So this album, it seems to me like this is where... And I should have went back and revisited the first two a little bit before before saying this. But like the first what? The first two albums, revisited them. Oh, you didn't? But I, okay. I don't remember the first two. Like, this seems the first one where... You can really... I mean, I remember saying, even in the first album, like, you can see the seeds of what would eventually become, like, the high-level sticks. Right. Classic sticks. Classic era yeah. sticks. But but in this, they're really getting there. Like, you can really see. They're not there yet. They're not. But this is kind of like proto in some ways. It I has agree. some of the classic rock elements... And it also has some of the prog rock... Fugues or whatever. Operatic stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not... They're, they're getting there. It's germinating. Yep. It's marinating. I'm with you there, 100%. They're shooting the turkey basters full of prog rock marinade out all over, all over everything. <laughs> Enticing. But they haven't, they haven't quite learned to control it yet, per se. Yeah, they're still young, you know. They don't know I mean, what doing. I mean, and you know that with the benefit of hindsight, right? Like where they're going to be going. But <laughs> oh boy, what else? Heavy whipping cream. Fuck. Oh, we got to run back upstairs. I'm already upstairs. I don't know if I have oh. it. I'm gonna. It doesn't matter. I will make do, my friend. Yeah, you, you're 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 innovative. You are uh, resourceful. That's right. I think you can you can manage. Yep. There we go. Some of that. Should we should we should we get into the song? Start going track by track. Did you, you do all of your like broad? Yeah. Insights. Those, those were my your... those were my broad observations I had. All right. You didn't want to and talk I'll about some more might come to me as we go through it. You didn't want to get into like the wooden nickel versus RCA situation at all. Just yet. Well, I don't really know a whole lot about that. I mean, 
You maybe, I don't know if you can do that while you're making the scones. Well, I mean, I know the basics, which is this album came out in 73, and then I guess after they had their first, like, mega hit at some point, which was maybe Lady, was that the one? Yeah, but it wasn't until a couple of years after Lady was released, so... Right. So a couple years after Lady was released, Lady finally hits the... Becomes a major hit. Some dude plays it, was just it on lying some, out there dormant. Yeah, well, some DJ played it on some radio station. I forget which one. And then, so the story goes, the switchboard lit up with people wanting to hear it again, and then it took off from there. I don't know if he was in L.A. or I don't know where he was. I don't yeah. have all those details. But, yes, it was kind of laying out there. And then somewhere around the release, like maybe after the release of Man of Miracles... That blew up, and then they moved right. to a fancier label. And Man of Miracles was the album that had Lady? No, Sticks 2 had Lady. Oh, Sticks 2 had Lady. That's yes. right. I should have known that. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Man of Miracles is their fourth album? Correct. Yeah, so they've had four albums. They finally blow up from a song from their second album. Right. And they move bigger, on to a bigger label, and then the right. bigger label gets the right. They kind of like re-release because now everyone likes this band. Right. They're coming out with more albums people like. I don't know if they did that yet or not, but at some point they're like, "Hey, we have this like back catalog gold mine, right?" And then they went people back and changed this. all the artwork. Yeah, so they were re-released, new artwork, new titles. Right, new titles. For, they shortened only for up the, the titles. third and fourth albums, though. Yeah, well, the first ones already had tight titles. <laughs> sticks one, sticks two. Right. Right? I mean, I guess you could have done a number two instead of two capital I's. Right, save the character count. Right. Get rid of the space. Make it, you know, but this was before people were thinking like digital like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. It's that's not, my, my handle. It's not sticks bits and two. Bites. Right, exactly. So, so yeah, so Serpent is Rising just became Serpent. Man of Miracles just became Miracles. Right, which I was never, I didn't like it. It's like, just yeah. leave it. It seems like those are more mainstream acceptable titles. What, Miracles like, instead of Man of Miracles? Yes, Man of Miracles conjures up, it does conjure up some sort of like Dungeons of Dragons style prog rock thing. You know what I mean? Same thing yeah. with Serpent is Rising in a different way. I guess. Whereas just Miracles is like, oh, that could, I mean, the thing is, Miracles could just be anything. Almost any band could do Miracles. Kenny G, Miracles. True. You know, Led Zeppelin, Miracles. Insane Clown Posse, Miracles. These scones, Miracles. Which, there is Insane Clown Posse, Miracles. Thanks, baby. She opened the door. I'm heading down. All right. Sorry, I'm balancing a giant baking sheet with two mixing bowls, a plate with some butter, some cream cheese, and a little container of secret mix, some white liquid, some other stuff, some parchment paper. All right, I've arrived. All right, see, I love it, the narration. <laughs> you, I can paint this mental picture. Yeah. Right? 
I can use my imagination, my dormant imagination. I've been stuck looking at screens all day, hitting apps, playing little, uh, you know, watching YouTube. No, no use for the old noggin, the imagination. I need to stretch it out. Now I can hear your words and I can start to build a whole scene in my mind. I'm preheating the oven to 375. Ready for it? I'm ready. Did you hear it? I did hear it. 375. I might go to 325. But we'll see. So you got the nice five degree increments going. And this is the downstairs oven, and it still has five degree increments. So that's pretty well. Is nice. the downstairs oven? Well, the downstairs oven it was re- replaced more recently than the upstairs. No, 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 no. No, this one's been here a while. All right. Fancy. All right. All I'm right. gonna get the food processor going, so that should be some good radio. Get that going. Yep. Yeah. Maybe Can't while, wait. You, while you play some music, I can. I was gonna play let's play the first track. Why don't we do? We'll play the first track, and you can you can bust in with some uh, some food processor. It'd be like percussion or yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. All right. So this is the first track called Witch Wolf. W I T C H Wolf. As in, right. it's not just a witch, it's not just a wolf, it's a wolf witch. It's not like, hey, there's like three or four wolves over there. Look at that one. Witch wolf? Yeah. It's, it's not, not that. Like, it's not like, hey, I got this wolf when I put it between two slices of bread. <laughs> I call it a wolf witch. <laughs> no, it's not It's not, not like, like that. that either. Nope. <laughs> oh, this old gag where it comes out the great. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, keeping the beat there a little bit. Notes. I have it written backwards for some reason. Hey, really? I wrote. I wrote. Wolf witch. You wrote wolf witch. Witch wolf. Yeah. Come on. I don't know. I was just playing fast and loose. Yeah, you could do better than that. With my note taking. 
Um, I mean, I'm looking at it on the track listing. I know it's Wolf Witch. No, I mean, I know it's Witch Wolf. Wait, which one is it? I'm fucking... Jesus. Oh it doesn't matter. You know, is there really a difference between a Witch Wolf and a Wolf Witch? I think there's a huge difference. I mean, one is a witch with the head of a wolf. The other is a wolf with the head of a witch. Is there really any difference? One... You eat for a delicious meal midday. The other will yeah. cast some sort of lupine spell on you. Come That's on. That's true. That's true. <sighs> so this is uh I don't know if this so, is cr- so crummy enough here. I don't wanna overdo it. I'm gonna say that's good enough. The cream cheese did have to be softened, but hey, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, it'll be fine. Seems like it'll be fine. When it'll all soften up in the mix <laughs> when it cooks. It'll it work soft, out. Soften up in the oven, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, what do you think about Witch Wolf? I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, what? it's okay. All right, it's just certainly give me- not one of my more. It's not a song that I'm. It's not one of the, my favorites from this album. Okay. What do you think of it? I like it. I. I think it's a good rocker, and it's a nice way to like blast into the album and be like, it makes a statement like, listen, this ain't your old sticks, sticks one, sticks two. This is the serpent is rising, goddammit. Yeah. So I it can just see comes. That. Especially like after the little and then it breaks into it. It's like, here we are. New shit. We're taking a leap forward. It's probably yeah. not my favorite on the album either. Like maybe not even top five, but I right. appreciate it for what but it is. It's a, it's a, it's an opener. Yep. Yeah. I get that. I see that. Yeah. You're right. You're probably right. Cause as I'm looking at the track list, I don't know what I would open the album with. Any of these tracks other than Witch Wolf. So, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So it is the. So it's serving its function well. They needed that to open it. I guess just overall, the song. It does. This doesn't hook me the way some stick songs do, you know? It's just <laughs> what it comes down to. But but this also makes me think of another observation, actually. Another thing to maybe mention. Cause so, so I'm the Styx neophyte, right? Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about Styx. You're the Styx expert. I mean, I'm cooking listening to them for decades. And still talking about them, so. Yes. You know, and I think there's a thing. There's this thing that happens to me, like, when I really am into a band. And you're going to say, well, what's your favorite song? Or what's your favorite album? And you always pick something weird. Right. You know what I mean? Because... I do. You've listened to it all so much. All of it is, like, iconic to you. Even this B-side that's obscure that no one ever even heard of. Or, like, there was only a Japanese pressing of a single or something. Right. Like, I would say the similar thing. Like, you know, I could think of, like, some bands. Well, you know, so for me, right, like, I'm a child of the 90s, a child of the early 90s. So Nirvana loomed large on my horizon. 
Right. In my my skyscape, right? I mean, but, I'm a child of the 90s, too. But yes, but you were a child of looming. the 90s in the sticks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just more into the thing, right? But You were aware the, of the world. <laughs> the regular stuff that was out there, yeah. But, but, you know, Nirvana, though, you know, I really became obsessed with them. Probably more than just... I'm not going to say I'm a huge Nirvana fan. I certainly don't listen to them anywhere near regularly now, but... You know, I think if you're going to say, Brad, what's your favorite Nirvana song, I'm going to start picking some weird shit. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, it's Come As You Are, of course. Right. You know, it's like going to be weird stuff like Curmudgeon, which was like a B-side on the Lithium single that is pretty awesome. Although, although strangely, I'm saying that when they did inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they did three songs. This was just a couple of years ago, uh-huh. and one of them was that that B side. So, really, curmudgeon? I believe so. I feel like I'm saying the wrong name. Because then there, there's definitely a B side named curmudgeon, and there's another one that I'm think I'm thinking of that's not that, but it's another weird ass weird song similar to that. But anyway, I'm not going to spend the time to Google it. But it's that. Same thing. We talked about this the uh, uh, some episodes back about white stripes and my obsession with them. Mm-hmm. And what's my favorite white stripes song? Well, it's actually a a certain live performance of of uh, where they mixed uh, two songs together and they kicked ass. And you know, it's the 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 white orchid and. Party of Special Things to Do medley. Right. Live in the basement at the BBC. That is, without a doubt, I think my favorite White Stripes. Which isn't but really white even Orchid, a White Stripes. Just song. White Orchid, the song, like on the album, they said, what's your favorite song? Like you, only, you only pick, like, stuff that was on the albums. That would not even be in my top ten. That looks like a third of a cup, probably. Didn't bring a measuring cup down. I'm sure it'll be fine. So my point is, there some weird deep cuts really seep into your mind, I think, when you're really into a band as being, like, the top things. You know what I mean? I do. And so that there could be some of that playing out here. And until I get to your level of, like, Sticks Ninja, mm-hmm. re-Sticks, um, what's the word? The devotee, no... Acolyte, maybe? Sticks Acolyte? Like, I'm not going to... Sticks Guru? get into like you know really get into maybe some of these tracks as much you know i can see the potential there right right like this could be like you know like grove of eglantine which we're gonna get into that nasty bin as in a second might be like you know my sticks version of you know the 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 white orchid medley okay or something one day I mean, for me, Sticks 1, Sticks 2, and Serpent is Rising were my favorite Sticks albums mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, well, we talked about this. You're much more into the classic rock Sticks than the operatic prog rock Sticks. And there's a time and a place for the operatic prog rock Sticks. Yeah, there is. I think I'm right now more of a fan of the operatic prog rock sticks just because it gives a certain, again, again, 
to someone maybe more casually listening, it gives something like shiny to grab onto. Does that make any sense? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's more accessible. You can't deny yeah. it. I think. I don't know if it's more accessible. I mean, I mean it's, it's more sh- well known. I'm- on paper, it shouldn't be more accessible, yet somehow it is. But it is. When it all comes it's together. Catchier. It's yes. catchier is what it is. It's catchier. There's no reason it should be. You're right. Write it down. This is what this song is going to be like. No, no good. But you get all their personalities, and they're doing their things, and they're swooping in and out of each other. It, you know, it's got something. Yes. Like it or not, it's its own thing. We'll say that. Yes. So a perfect segue to the next track. I, the Grove yep. of Eglantine. Here, I'll, I'll play this up. Okay. Nice little harpsichord intro. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't enjoy a good harpsichord intro? Throwing. Oh yeah, yeah. it's heavy. Yeah, now it's into some kind of classic rock. This almost sounds like Grand Funk Railroad to me. Okay. Right here. I can hear it. But then a little bit of the who with that organ part. Oh, yeah. Just cruising along in the background. All right. We're going to hit it up. No, maybe not. Nope, now there are more, more lyrics. We get to these chorus. The chorus is where it really... That's where they really blow the lid off. Yep. Bring it. Lovers might. It's ridiculous. Okay, is this the part? Yeah. It's a very sticksy part. It's very well. This little part right here is very Tommy by the Who. Okay. And I'm not sure who did it first, to be honest. I don't have no idea what year the Tommy came out. Neither do I. I've never listened to that album. If you can believe that. 1969, Tommy. So they beat him by a long shot. Yes. I think we talked about this in a previous Sticks and Scones, but it's been like over a year, I think. So I yeah, who don't knows? even remember what we talked about. I'll just talk about it again. Yeah. Like... My, my relationship with Tommy is I saw it on Broadway my senior year of high school. 
saw it on Broadway. I did. (laughs) It was a class trip. Wow. Well, it wasn't a... I mean, it was a... It was my um, senior theology. It was my catechism (laughs) class trip. That's a a word. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Well, you weren't down with the... uh, the uh, you know the pope or the bishops growing up like oh, is I that was a, is that a popey word? It's a it's it's a Catholic thing. <laughs> okay, like Sunday school in essence. It's oh. called catechism. I know Sunday school. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing more or less. And you can also call it Sunday school, or you could use the more technical term catechism. Okay, but. The, uh, yeah, anyway, long story short, we did a trip, you know, it was like the crowning thing, like, oh, you're getting ready to graduate, you've completed all, you know, your seniors, this is your last year of doing this, so for the last year, you actually had it with the priest, the pastor, who was one of these, like, super cool kind of pastor guys, you know what I mean, like, hey, pastor... So-and-so, you're cool, man. Like, you know. I mean, I've seen him on TV. And you have to, like, you know, we'd we'd go into the rectory, which, again, I don't know if that's, like, a Catholic word or not. You're familiar with that word? Is that where the pastor spends his days? Yeah, that's where he lives. It's like the little house next to the church where he lives called the rectory. We go into the... We had a parsonage. Okay, parsonage, yeah. We had rectories. Sounds like probably the same thing. You go... So, you know, you'd be in there, it's kind of like a little living room, and you'd sit in a circle on the living room floor, and he'd sit there with you in the circle, and we'd, like, you know, talk about stuff, get real, you know, we'd rap rap about our feelings. Yeah, Yeah, good rap session, yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the end, and I'm I'm saying this kind of ironically, but, you know, it was cool, in a way. In a way. For being a church. In a way, also, it was just like you're... Of, you're like 18 or whatever. You're like, what the fuck's going on? In a on? way, you it know? also was the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. But anyway, I would. We uh, went to um. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you went to I'm see Tommy. A, uh, I'm remember. I'm remembering a side story about that. Oh, lay it on me. Kind of like you're gonna Ooh. do with your 2D art. One one of the. <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's I'm coming. At, everybody, you know what? I'm gonna send the 2D art because I'm looking right now at a piece and it's fucking brilliant. Okay. I'm gonna say so myself. The 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 um okay weird story. I don't know. All right, we we are having these rap sessions with the pastor, and one of the days the this topic ma- was the main sexuality. pastor. This is the main pastor, not some youth pastor. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Okay, big this is shit. the big Han show, yeah. And one of the days, the topic was sexuality. Like human sexuality. Racy. With your, like, you know, godly twist to it all, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God wants you to be happy and have the sex. And Eventually. They did a... So we did a thing where you could, like, write any question you want... Oh, boy. And put it in a thing. That way you don't have to be embarrassed asking about it. Sure. He knows your handwriting, though. He'd open it up and ask the question. So someone, I know who did this, (laughs) 
Someone Mike. who I knew very well at the time. I'll just Mike. leave it at that. Mike Laura. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't Catholic. You kidding? Well, maybe he was actually. But you know, he lived on the other side of the sector. All right. Not this church. But anyway, he. Uh, this person wrote. Um. Mm, do good. you masturbate? <laughs> As the question. Now, I will say this person wrote this question, and maybe I'm naive, but I, I believe they wrote it genuinely out of a strange sense of curiosity, not in like a titillated way, but in a sense of like, well, if you're not supposed to do that, but how can you survive if you don't do that? And so you must do that, but what's the truth about You know what I mean? It was actually, it wasn't just like a smart-ass question. Okay. Now, was you know, it asking, I honestly believe that, but maybe I'm being naive. Was it asking the pastor if he himself masturbates or yes. like does yes. one does one and should one no. masturbate? No, it said, do you like like father comma do you masturbate? <laughs> I mean, he wanted to have the rap session. Exactly. Exactly. And he had a good answer. Oh, OK. You remember um, the answer. The answer was, um, you know, I'm not really going to answer that. I think it's an unfair question. I would never ask any of you to tell me what your sexual activity is like. So, you know, I just don't think we really need to talk about that. Which is pretty much just saying yes, I guess. I right? guess. I don't know. Was he allowed to be married? No, no, no. This is okay. Catholicism. Can't they be married now, maybe? Or no? Still no, not? no, no, no. I still think that's far away. Although, that's, who knows? It's bullshit. They're having some problems. Yeah. But I'd say. But yes. Yeah, so anyway, I'm, that was I'm all stirring aside. this with a knife right now. I'm just. Yeah. Well, sure. I. Scotty, you got to use what you got. Yeah. So the you Grove drink of Eglantine. Down here, nothing metal. I can't use that. Shit. Yeah, Grove Eglin, too. Please continue. Yeah, we got, we got, we got kind of far off topic there with this little Tommy aside. I'm just, I guess I'm just saying, Tommy. So yeah, Tommy you is seared into my the, brain. He didn't even finish the Tommy story. Like, well, was it I related to, see, to your I, rectum well, I or saw whatever? Tommy. Well, because I went there that class, those are rap sessions. With the pastor and the rest of us sitting in the living room. And everybody was like, like can we go see year, Tommy? The capstone experience, if you will, was kind of like, we're going to go on a bus together to New York City and do some different New York, fun New York things. And one of those was seeing uh, Tommy on Broadway. And, you know, before we saw it and afterwards, you know, he tied the lessons of Tommy into, like, the lesson of... You know, humanity and everything that he was trying to instill in us. So it was related to whatever the class was called or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't was just related. like, I mean, let's do some shit. Yeah. He tied it back in. I mean, part oh. of it was to be like, oh, well, this will be super fun. We're going to go to this New York City. And, you know, I can't remember what else we did there. I know we did more than just see that. We were there like all day. I remember we had, like, a little bit of, like, free time there. Whoa. Like, go roam the city, and then we'll meet back here in two hours or something. 
That's a big deal. Yeah, and uh, one of the kids uh, went and bought a bong. <laughs> then you got to sneak it back on the church van. Yeah, exactly. He brought it back on the church van. I was kind of like mad at him in a way. It's like you're ruining this. I was like, you're ruining this. I know it's cheesy, but you don't have to be a dick. There's something genuine happening. Let's not, you know, muck it up. I mean, I'm not that into it really either, maybe, but I'm not going to be doing that. Like, (laughs) and the guy, I never liked the guy. He was a fucking dick. Well, there you go. He's listening. If you were the guy that bought the bong on the senior trip to New York and you're listening, you know who you are. Sorry, but I kind of thought you were a dick. Just use tinfoil like the rest of us, asshole. Yeah, exactly. Use a fucking or like, Coke buy can. it on another fucking trip. Buy it somewhere else. Like, <laughs> right. I don't know. Not the church trip. Come on. Yeah. 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 I can understand that. So when I hear things that remind me of Tommy, it definitely pricks up my ears a bit. And that little thing was very Tommy-esque to me. Cross between Tommy and Grand Funk. Well, it's not a cross. It's more like they do Grand Funk, then they do Tommy, then they go back to Grand Funk, then they do just their sticks rock opera thing, which is just uh, nothing else to really say what it is. It's just their thing that they do. Yeah, they move back and forth between these things. But the Grove of Eglantine, you know, this is what I'd call, I think what they called in the old days, a, a body ballad. A body ballad? Body. B-A-W-D-Y. Oh, oh, I don't know how to fucking... Yeah, gotcha. Body. Body. Yeah. Body. Yeah, sure. Yeah, body ballad. Gotcha. You now he's singing about naughty things here. You know, about <laughs> right. lustful smiles and man's delight. Now, and I can think of a couple of things that are man's delight, but I'm just wondering okay. what the things are that are just south of there. Yes, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. So I have a theory. Who should go first on their theory about this? <laughs> well, who wants to be more embarrassed? Was the that's... person first more embarrassed or the person second more embarrassed? I don't know. First. Always. Really? Well, I don't care. I'll do it. It's a body ballad. Yes. Right? So it's about a woman's body a lot. So man's delight. There's a couple of places traditionally on a woman's body that are a man's delight. But if I reverse engineer these lyrics, I'm left with, I have to think that man's delight are a woman's breasts. Yes. If you reverse engineer them, I think that there's something to that. Now, so. Because then there's something south of there, you know, there's still something left south of the breasts that could be the grove, a garden, you know. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm talking, talking about? about? Like the space between her knees. No, we have to go south of. Like, yeah, exactly. The um, it's not a foot fetish thing. Well, maybe you don't know what they're into. I wouldn't so call here's, that a here's grove. Something. There is a Are part of a woman's body that I could refer to in theory as a grove. Yes. Well, are you aware that Grove of Eglantine is in fact? I know nothing about it. It is, in fact. So, literally, eglantine is just a word for rosebriar. It's a type of flower. So, we're talking about a grove of... Roses. Of, of roses, kind okay. of. Okay. Yes. So, a petal that could open up and bloom. But, 
Grove of Eglantine is a old literary phrase. I did not know that. I discovered this doing my research for this episode. So we're going back to like Shakespearean times, kind of. Uh, and if I go to diction, the definition of dot com uh, gives the definition of Grove of Eglantine. It says obsolete literary metaphor, possibly coined by Thomas Carew for the vulva and pubic hair. See, there you go. So it's right there. Like they're not even being that subtle about it per se. Yeah, I mean, for, like, borderline prog rockers at this point, I guess they're being a little subtle, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, like, they're using an obsolete phrase, but it's not like they're using their own metaphor. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So, right there it is. They're talking about that... So, I was right. ...that area. That's the Grove of Eglantine. So, you could reverse engineer and say, well, it's south of Man's Delight. Man's Delight are are the breasts. Or is the navel, (laughs) for some reason... Yeah. But yeah, that's where I... All right, so we were on the same page there. So another way to look at this... Oh, boy. Man's Delight. So this is where I was thinking. This is before I found this definition of Grove of Eglantine, so everything. But I think I might have a grand unification theory to put this all together. Holy shit, get Hawking on the phone. So the Grove of Eglantine. So Man's Delight. So the Grove of Eglantine is just south of Man's Delight. So what is Man's Delight, truly? I am going to posit that it is his penis. His, the, the, the organ that kind of leads him through life, seeking out these kind of groves of Eglantine. You know, it's his, that's his delight. It's a little thing, you know, you, 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 uh, you know, you get a tingle in the dingle. Yeah. You got to have a tingle in the dingle sometimes. You you, you know, you just, uh, you know, you go get some delight down there whenever you want it. Oh, I'm going to go get a little delight. Do some gardening. My manly delight. You know? Go into the garden. Go into the grove. So, I mean, definitely in this song, he's talking about a woman. Well, I guess I don't know. Talking about another person. No, I think no, it's a woman. I think it's a woman. Yeah. But so just south of man's delight. So if we're talking about something just south of the penis so and man, the genitals what's saying, south of that? You're saying man's delight in this case is his penis, not the woman's vagina. Yes. Okay, well it's his testicles then. Or well, I was thinking a little more south. It's his his man vagina, if you will. His butthole? His butthole. That's sort of and around kind of the a horn. Thing. Well, I mean, if you're thinking about it like you're laying on your back. Yeah. It's south. Okay. All right. All right. I'm stretching it, a little. I might it, admit. You're laying a, but, but it paints a picture in my mind of a man laying on his back. And the and and the woman now we've switched the roles. The woman now is going to his grove of Eglantine. The butthole. The butthole. Okay. 
She's she's wearing a massive strap-on dildo and pegging the shit out of him. He likes it. He likes it. That's that's the image that listening to this song like ten times in a row, thinking about the lyrics that I eventually eventually conjured in me. I mean, I think once they got their obscure literary <laughs> reference, they stopped thinking about it that much. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Probably. But, yeah, I can see where how you would end up there. But I, oh, another comment I'll make, if we go back to the more traditional thing, which is just about a woman's vagina just south of her breasts, that's man's delight. Um... <laughs> But they also talk about um, cleaning as I go here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna scrub out this pan. Yeah, no, that's good. A bit. Um, we got Ev Ball coming into town tomorrow, so we don't want to get it too crazy here. Is um, and I'm looking up the lyrics. Yeah, he talks about. He says, "Your magic lips have made me realize." All the pleasures a man can fantasize. I mean, I know what regular lips are, so I guess I can presume what magic lips are. Exactly. So when I at first I was like, "Oh, magic lips, eh? <laughs> ha ha!" Right. Just thinking I'm being a jackass about it. <laughs> but then I find out in the Grove of Eglantine literally means the vulva, mulva. And I'm just like, oh, they really are talking about magic lips. Okay. Jesus, Dennis, you're being a little risque. Little little salty. So you for oh, sure. Speaking of salt, I'm well, I don't want to say too much actually. All right. See, oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I know where you're going now. Yeah. Cuz when you said salt, I was like, oh, I thought you were going to say something else. But, all right, so Grove of Eglantine. Overall impression, though? Overall impression, it's good. I, it's like, it's like you know, the, the kind of like operatic rock opera prog sticks that I, that I kind of like or that I hate to like or love to hate or whatever it is. Whatever you know, it is, start yeah. liking it as a joke, but now I love it, which is yeah. kind of how it's happened with Tommy. Same thing. Right. I was like, this is so freaking what the fuck. Uh. And then I just, and so then sometimes I would like listen to it. And not the um, the Who's record, but like the Broadway cast recording. I would like listen to it kind of as a joke. Like, oh, listen to this, how fucking stupid this is. But then I ended up just kind of loving it or like, I don't know, love I started loving it the way you like love a bad movie. It's the Barry Manilow situation. Then it turned around into like, well, maybe I actually like it. I mean, I like it because it's a style that doesn't appeal to me, but I don't know. Now it's just all mixed up. Because now I actually kind of like some musical theater, as you well know. Yeah, I know. So, but I think it's a very short jumping off point from sticks to musical theater at the same time. So, you're knocking it now, but. I have seen my share of musical theater, Brad. Yes. 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 <laughs> I'll just, that's all I'll I say mean, is yes. I have. It's not like I, I was... I believe in, you. You're saying it's a short jumping off point from sticks to musical theater, but I was already into sticks 
then experienced a good deal of musical theater, and it just made me hate musical theater. Right. You have your limits. I do. I do. That's not how I want my stories. Oh, here we go. Here's a little... The next track, track three, Young Man. You don't have to pronounce it like that, JY. Oh, this is a JY? Yeah. I was wondering who this That's was. That's him. That's him. Another body ballad. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, where do you There's think that, that young man? Where do you think that young man is fighting? I bet he's fighting in the Grove of Eglantine. Say, say that again. Fighting where? where? Where do you think he's fighting? I'll give you a hint. It's just south of Man's Delight. I don't think that's where the young man is fighting. Hmm, who can we get to make love all night? Hey, well, that is man. a weird. I'll say that's an incongruous line. <laughs> Ooh, in my interpretation of the song, and people the say one, with age is, there comes experience. Yeah, but they're sending the young man out to die. These well, maybe, old men are. Maybe, but maybe you know they're just sending him out to become a man. You know, it's very hard to get the lyrics to Young Man online because it just wants to play Angry Young Man. Oh, fooling yourself. Fooling yourself. But anyway. Yeah, but as soon as you're born, you start to die. Older men are chosen to speak wisely, but call the child to the sacrificial right. Mm -hmm. Who can we get to win the fight, Young Man? Who do we get to make love all night, young man? Who do we send away to die, young man? I heard a lonely woman cry for a young man. The fire bombs in distant lands are burning, jarring every synapse in your soul. Life and death are a meaningless profession. Tomorrow brings a horror yet untold. Jesus. I feel. So I mean, they're talking about. They're talking yeah, about no. war. Yeah. Yeah. But yet. You also, I guess, the one benefit. Sure, you're gonna die, but but your libido's you're gonna get in a lot high of gear, pussy, man. <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of groves of eglantine. Let yep. me tell you. Put that uniform on. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So the what? It's a, it's it's you know it might be cold comfort to the fact you're gonna get fucking blown to sh- blown to shit. shit. But you get the fuck a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've never... When you were reading those lyrics off, you know, you get... uh, You shovel those snow pathways in your brain, and, like, sometimes I just fill in nonsense words, and I've been doing it for so many decades, like... Right. If you would have asked me to write it down, it would have been, like, young man. Like, I wouldn't know right. half the words. I would just make sounds. Yeah. 
So I'm with you on that. I so. cannot. I have a. There's the the part of my brain that listens and enjoys music, and the part that hears words and understands what they mean just don't work together at all. Yeah, mine don't. So I'm either. definitely not a lyric type person, like hearing the lyrics and understanding them. Me either. Most Rarely. of the time, at least. Right. Rarely. Yeah. Andrew Bird so, just came out with a song called Bloodless, and I do listen to those lyrics because they're pretty powerful. Okay. But yeah, for the most part, I'm just jamming, man. So, yeah, young, young man. man, not see, not one of my favorites, but after you like said all those lyrics, they're actually <laughs> a little more profound than yeah. I would have given them credit for because I always kind of wrote young man off. I didn't really like it. So I'm just listening mm-hmm. to the lyrics and JY's, you know, talk about an overwrought <laughs> singing right, style. Exactly. And I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't really like that. Yeah. But it's a little, okay. Actually, yeah, I'm, with, I'm more or less completely with you on that. I don't really dig the overwrought stinging style and just the overall, just the overall melody and the, the, the style of the song is a little, yeah. it's just not quite there for me. It's fine. It's fine. It's not offensive, like, you know, no. it's not like if it was playing somewhere, I'd be like, oh, you gotta turn that off or anything, but it's just fine. The lyrics do, are, are they good? I mean, the lyrics, at least they're kind of like about something in a certain, yeah, profound way. It's making a statement. It's not like some of these other ones that are just really kind of unclear what they're about. Mm-hmm. Or they're about like supernatural things or something. I don't know. So I'll get some points for that, I guess. I mean, I didn't really say I liked them or that they were good. I said that they were better than I thought they were. Right. Yes. Yes. But that's after 30 something years of kind of listening to it and not really paying attention for the most part anyway still not one of my favorites yeah not great but fine 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 filler yep then we get into this little ballad here little sad ballad. Yep. Did you ever in your life before feel as Did you ever in good times think my life had gone on this? Now I Is there a chorus to this song, or does it just keep going like this? 
there's a, another little section. There's not really a chorus. Yeah. It's after this verse. There's a little, a little seg. It's not even a segue. It just does something else. And then it comes back. It's kind of a long song. I think it's might be five minutes. plotting at this point. Here you go. It's going to change. Little instrumental section. Yeah, just a little... Like, you know, can't all be doom and gloom. A little bit of hope in this part. Like, what does Metallica do when they have those little sections that... Whatever. And then it's back to the thing. Yeah. So... So, as bad as this. As bad as this. I... It's not a song I think I'd really like to listen to a lot. I think if I was like listening to this album in the car or something, I might skip it because I'm just like I don't need this long downer. Mm -hmm. But if I was also like laying like on my couch or on my bed and the lights were dim and I was really just you know in the zone, maybe took, just took a huge uh, bong rip off the bong I bought in mm -hmm. senior theology. Mm -hmm. And I was laying there, and I was, like, listening to this. I could see myself maybe, like, melting into the darkness with this a little bit. I could see that. It yeah. has to be the right the right time, maybe. So... For me. Curmudgeon. You were saying, like, yeah, yes. you know, it would be some random song might be your favorite song right. at some given time. This was my favorite right. stick song. Okay. Yeah, that's still the curmudgeon... One of my favorites. Effect. I love it. It. I don't get tired of it, even though it does plod. Like, I love the plodding, so I'm totally fine with it. I love it. <clears throat> and this is John yeah. Kuraluski. Right. So he's only with Styx for two more albums. Um you know, pretty involved with Man of Miracles, but by the time Equinox rolled around, he had pretty much checked out. Just wanted to mm -hmm. spend time with his family and shit. Um, so, basically, I, I would love to know how soon before Lady blew up, he was like, yeah, I'm leaving the band. <laughs> right. Because, you know, he was out by the time they went on tour for Equinox to support that album, which is mm -hmm. the one after Man of Miracles. And that's when they got Tommy. And then, you know, Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball was a huge hit. Um, and then they were just off to the races after that. And then Grand Illusion. And it's like by that point, Comes the Other Way is out there and they're just unstoppable and then he died in 1988 from a brain aneurysm 
Right, that he probably got from regretting that so hard every day. Right. And, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but it's also, I think, kind of true. Like, you can fucking make yourself sick from that shit. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, that would, yeah. And I always lamented that. It's like, fuck, I wish that guy would have stuck around because, you know, we wouldn't have some, we wouldn't have fooling yourself. We wouldn't have too much time on your hands. We wouldn't right. have Man in the Wilderness. We wouldn't have Renegade. We wouldn't have Blue Collar Man. We wouldn't have a lot of shit. But I would have rather have had Sticks kept John Kuraluski in there to see if we could go more in the as bad as this direction. But was not to be. Boy, I don't know about these scones. What's the status of the scones? Uh, well, the timer went off. It's 12 to 14 minutes. I put them in for 12, put them back in for two. And oh, I'm still, so they're like done almost. Yeah, and I'm still not liking what I'm seeing, so I'm going to put so gonna them in have, Just in the sense of the, the how done they are? Yeah, yeah. Just They're not, you know. I did have to take some liberties, so we'll see. May not be my finest effort. What's up next? What do we got on deck? So I'm going to make a, a quick correction because you mentioned curmudgeon yeah. was my curmudgeon. It just made me do a fact check quick. The song that they did at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Kim Gordon in the induction like a couple years ago was aneurysm, which was also a deep cut, not curmudgeon. Both deep cuts that I definitely love, though. I list them. They're both like in there. My favorite songs. They're deep cuts. Anyway, just for any Nirvana people listening, they're like still forty minutes later screaming. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. They should be used to it by now. Let's face it. Yeah. So yeah. in in my experience with the serpent is rising, the next track on yes. this album is plexiglass toilet. Yes. So. In in the Spotify, that does have plexiglass toilet, but it's like in the same track as as bad as this. I see. As bad as this is like six and a half minutes, and it just goes. There's so the extra it, minute and, and it kind of jarred right. me because I knew I would listen to the album. Like I would just have it in my headphones while I was working. I'd be driving, the song would come up. And but then uh, I did realize at some point. Wait, where the fuck is that? It's not on the list, but I know I heard it. And then I was kind of earlier today listening to as bad as this, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm you know I'm melting into the darkness a little bit with this song. Mm-hmm. I'm getting there. And then the song ends, and like two seconds of silence tops. More like one and a half. And then it just goes right into plexiglass toilet. It's a real kick in the nuts. And it's a real kick in the nuts, especially when you're not warned about it. It's just like, oh, here I am making my moody, slow playlist. Let's see. Let me add here. Oh, a little whatever. You know, oh, a little George Harrison, a little, uh, oh, sticks. Is that some as bad as this? Oh, let's add, um, Floyd. you know. Little Floyd, but then like you don't realize you added in plexiglass toilet in the middle there. <laughs> but I guess maybe that's where that song is like the best. I mean, that was their intention, so, clearly. Yeah, yeah. So there it is. Here we'll play it. 
here the last couple seconds of so, as bad as this segue into plexiglass toilet. Hopefully I have this right. Glass toilet. There's a lot of um, metaphorical language for genitals on this album. Apparently. Yeah. Well, I was thinking the whole, you know, wipe the butt clean with the paper. I was just talking about, you know, man's delight going south of there. What are you wiping? Yeah, exactly. What kind Although, of stuff? That being said, at the same time, I have to say the lyric wipe the butt clean with the paper takes me out of the song. I don't know why. So I'm not, just like, I would like this. It would be like, this is a fun little stupid thing they're doing. I get it. You know, and bands definitely like to put that shit in their albums. And sometimes it's cool. And sometimes it's just like, well, whatever. So not I, I mean, on I'm his banana, it. it will land. That's fine. You're cool with that. But wipe the butt clean with the paper. That's just a bridge too far for you. There's something about it. It's too direct. Like the line of what's the line about the banana? On for won't let go the lid for fear that on his banana it will land. That's fine. They're using a euphemism. Something about getting your dick slammed in a toilet seat is that's funny. That gave me nightmares. That gave me nightmare. I would imagine it all the time. Like I'd be really careful. I wouldn't. I'd stand a little back from it. Yeah. Because imagine, well, I imagine just holding it like, you know, different parts of that area. You could put different parts there just on the seat. And just what if you just held it even like two inches up, like the lid, you know, and just drop it like two inches. Doink. Even that would be terrible. You don't even have to go all the way up, you know. And yeah. like, it's almost worse in a way if it just makes the tip a little yeah. bit. Just like from two inches, you know. I don't know. Of all things, it's like, oh, I thought this song was pretty good, but don't say wipe the butt clean with the paper. I can't explain it. There's something about it. It's too direct. Like, if they said, like, use the paper or clean your butt, it might be. Butt is too much. And clean. Like, but wipe the butt clean with the paper. Like, Wipe the butt is one thing. Wipe the butt clean is a different thing. What if like they, it, they you're, you're visualizing at this point the feces that is being removed when they say wipe the butt clean. I don't know. 
Maybe it's, it's just me somehow. There's too many all, words that all that keep you in that trapped into this idea for too long. It's not just a quick little blip. You can be like, ha. Huh. It's more like there's something. I don't know. There's something about it. It kind of kind of grates on me. What about I mean, it, make it nice like, for yeah, everyone? I like Do you this like this song better without that line? What about make it nice for everyone? Do you like that part of it? That part is. It doesn't add, like, doesn't to make it the worse. Negative of the line that's before it doesn't make it worse. I will say, make it nice for everyone. All right, now I wasn't thinking about this, but now I'm getting into this, uh, you know, this ro- this grove of eglantine being the butthole pleasurable thing more. You know what I mean? Like I'm picturing, you know, gay bathhouse. You know, everyone. It doesn't have to gonna be, be seeing your butthole. That they're wiping your, out your, of there. Your uh, well, I'm not going that far. I'm just saying, you know, you're going to this gay bathhouse or whatever. You know, they have like little tubes there for animals. You got to clean it up, clean it all out if you're going to be using that part of your body. You know, what if they said something? You got to like, make it nice for everyone. I think the- there is definitely a. <clears throat> A gay culture thing happening here at this point. Brad, what if they said something along the lines of <laughs> scrape the Southlands with the stuffies? Would that I'd be, be better? I'd be fine with that. That'd be, be better because it's not direct. It's the directness of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like right. if in Young Man, instead of saying, like, who's going to make love all night, said, who's going to dump huge cums in the pussy? <laughs> like... I would be like, yeah, I, that's just too direct. I don't want that in this song. It kind of ruins it. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, we should give them some notes, I guess, at this point. <laughs> yeah. I think they'd love it if we gave them notes. <laughs> John's dead. So both Johns that were in the band are dead. So we'll have to send it to, uh, see, Dennis is out. I guess we send it to JY. He was the only one around. Maybe Chuck. Yeah. I guess we could send it to Chuck, but I doubt he had much to do with the writing. Yeah, of JY is the only guy that's left from this song. That's true. It he's is 46 only, years old after he's all. the only reasonable avenue we've got to some resolution here. Because Chuck, he's kind of on again, off again with the band at this point. Anyway. All right. Scones are out. Awesome. We can bring up a little uh, celebration music. All right. Hit me. I hope this is celebration. I forget there's some weird long intro. Oh, this is great. Love it. So we've all 
come to life. Love it. The next track. Not even waiting the, for on, you. I just love it. On the album, it's the first song on the yes. on the second, second side, side, I'm guessing. Yep. Yeah, winner take all. So, okay. I like it, too. I hope you don't take offense at the next thing I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Because it's not meant offensively. It's actually more about how much I love this song in a way. But when I hear this song, it makes me so bad. Wish so much, wish so badly want <laughs> to create a rock opera based on Silken Bondage by Nan Ryan and have this song in it. Because huh. I can so see this being Johnny Roulet's John- theme song. <laughs> He's on the gambling boat. Like, this is his little Lee's coming in, you know. <laughs> Because he's, like he's a gambler, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see it like so perfectly. That does like, not. Offend I might me. actually one day sit down and do it. <laughs> and 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 you know, so I had had this idea for a while listening to this album. That I, image was in my head, and then I I just realized just before we start recording, like it doesn't have to just be this song, like. The Grove of Eglantine would be perfect. Perfect. Young man, maybe, even. As bad as this, for sure. For sure. You know, you got the parts where, you know, uh, you know the, the lovers, it's not working out, and there's problems, mm-hmm. you know, as bad as this fits in there. I'm just like, okay, a, a Styx-centric opera. It's like, it's, like, it's Silken Bondage, rock <laughs> opera featuring the music of Styx. That like, does not I offend me at all. It would be awesome. And fact, I will do the shout out. People that aren't familiar with Silken Bondage need to listen to your other podcast album, Adam. Po- I didn't. I, mean, I called you album for some reason. I'll take Adam, it. Adam, your other podcast, uh, Romance Splaining. I've, I've been called worse, Brad. Google it up, Romance Splaining. Uh, they, season one, they go over the romance novel Silken Bondage by Nan Ryan. Uh, <laughs> That's a good time. And it's it's riveting. It's a very good time. But you yeah. Know, you know who the all. co-host is on that podcast? Uh, that would be, uh, you might know her, your wife, oh, Leslie. Yeah, I know her. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start season three of that pretty soon, actually. So Awesome. Awesome. Two, Can two you give seasons. a, you, I guess there's no, it's under wraps what season three's topic is. Yeah, I can't. What, what media? Yeah, it's I fine. I just can't. I'll wait. I'll be waiting on Tenter, Tenter Hooks to yeah. find out. Yeah, but I can yes. picture it. I like it. And there's a couple more songs on this album, I think, coming up that might work, too. Possibly. Yeah, well, you'll have to let me know. I, I will. Get to them. What's up next? 22 years. That's it. Which is the age, maybe, of the young woman, although I think she was younger than I that. I think she's a little younger than that, but, you know. But, but maybe it's... Johnny Roulet's twin. But, yeah, I, I, you know what? I have to I have to listen to this. This is more again. from Johnny oh, okay. Roulet's perspective, you know. Yeah. 
Right? It took him 22 years to find her. Right. You know, he there didn't come is. to sexual maturity until whatever, 15, 16, 17, whatever it is. Took him 22 yeah. years. Now he's it's like 38, like he 40. Was like two years old and being like, look, I'm trying to find her. <laughs> right. Right. He was at least 12. I mean, maybe this is about like a a a 37-year-old man. He's just been searching since he was 15. That's, That's what I'm saying. Twist. That's about how old Johnny Roulet was, wouldn't you think? Was he that old? I don't remember any... I can't remember enough any specific references to his age, but I always... I think I imagined him being, like, young. Like, like older than she was, a more... But, like, not like a... Not that old. We're going to have to get an expert on the horn for this, because I imagined him being, like, pushing 40, and maybe that has to do more with the book cover. Yeah, or it just had to do with you just automatically place yourself in his position. Could be. Could be. I just got that feeling, like, he's a little too grossly old for her. And, like, he's hanging out with these scum on the... Well, I don't want to go too far into that, but he just seems like he's had a lot of experience. He's very worldly. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, but, I mean, when when you're, like, 17 or whatever... The young uh, female protagonist of this novel is twenty-four. Seems like a twenty-four-year-old is like a worldly man for sure. Like when we were like nineteen and twenty, and Brian Shuey was like twenty-four or twenty-five or whatever he was. He was might as well have been like forty-six. It was he really was fucking weird. Fucking ancient. Yeah, it's an old man. What's this old man doing here? Like, all right, you're cool, I guess, for for an old man. Stick around. So, so what do you think of this song? I love this song. One of my favorites on this album. Knowing how much you like "Winner Take All," I could see you liking this one. I mean, I think the two songs are kind of linked. I could, I would, I would have guessed that. I don't like oh. JY's overwrought vocal stylings in general, but I think mm-hmm. the interplay between him and Dennis on this one works, and he uses his like caterwauling rock and roll voice to good effect and like at yeah. the right time. And I also like there's little breaks, and like we didn't even get to all of them, but it'll break and then have a little ah, beep and then do a different thing. Do, 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 do a little bridge and then break into a different thing and then Dennis is like swooping up and down the keyboards I just fucking love it it's a good time it just makes me feel good love it yeah it's not bad it's not bad and now that I have the image of Johnny Roulet this being part of the musical I'm, I'm gonna love it even more now if I hadn't said that first maybe you should go first from now on what would you have said because, like, you, so you're not going to affect my opinion of the song. It's too right. ingrained in my head. Well, I'll say this. I started out not liking this song. The original thing I wrote about this song in my <clears> notes <throat> is I just don't like it. That's it? That's, That's just all I could really muster to write. But <laughs> I think over, again, it's like a grower. I listened to it more, and I was like, I think originally I was just turned off, like you said, by the caterwauling. I think, like, the kind of main guitar riff is kind of generic. 
you know, that, those were my impressions at first. But, you know, those things kind of just fall away and I can just enjoy it. After listening to it more, it kind of wormed its way into my brain a little bit. I don't mind that main guitar riff being a little generic because there's so much else going on in the song. Like right, between the right. guitar and the like bouncy drum beat, like See, it, just, think, it just makes me bop a little yeah. bit. And then you can let the other like keyboardy piano caterwauling lyrics kind of swoop in and out. I yeah. like it. But that's just it. When you first listen to it, what are you really hearing? Just the main guitar riff. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not really zoning I, in on, at least for me, right? Like the drums and the interplay between the two singers and everything else. Like in the same way. It doesn't, you know, that's why I kind of have to listen to it more and it and it uh it grows it grows on me and i will say listening to it right now like just now i listen to it because originally i was going to be more um middle of the road on it but listening to it just now i was just like no this song this is great okay i don't know there's nothing here not to like really i mean i'm not able to technically there is but it doesn't really matter I'm not able to put myself into the headspace of like listening to it for the first time. Right. And what what that experience is. I like it. I like it a lot. So should we move on to the next track? You know, it occurs to me that I'm going upstairs, but the receiver's downstairs, so there might be like minutes of time where there's no audio for me well that would be not good <laughs> although we have the backup recording yeah here. i don't know what the range is for this wireless love if it can go through walls if it's like joe piscopo's handgun or not i guess we'll find out i mean i see audio there so so are you you're down now or are you i'm up down now? now i'm down now you're down now all right. Yeah. Let's sure let's fine. let's let's roll here into the next track. Here's a little Joan actually before I start it up here. Oh, by the way, scones are done and cooling. Perfect. So, Jonas Salter, I will say just for the audience what to listen to here, you know, it <laughs> starts like like classic rock. Then it moves over to a complete Tommy Rock Opera section. Like, it starts out, there's a little intro, classic rock intro. Then there's, like, 100% Tommy Rock Opera, major hardcore. And then it just kind of goes into its own thing. But maybe that only makes any sense to me, the Tommy Rock Opera thing. But Yeah, here we go. We're cruising. Yeah. Little nice little rock. Coming right off 22 years. Exactly. And then... Ever since I was a young man, I played that silver ball. <laughs> This is still very who to me. Doing this part. Yeah. 
used to tell a story. I do. Inverse structure here, or is it just kind of? It's just kind of like a straight line. Here, there's a chorus. Here, is this what's happening here? No, this is a guitar solo. Yeah. Which I do love this guitar solo. the treasure when you're singing about tortuga you know you're you're doing something they're giving us a history lesson it's a swashbuckling adventure and a history lesson to boot yeah it's a tale of a pirate and life on the high seas Mm -hmm. although i i I tried to find out there is no i I couldn't find any reference to Jonas Salter except for this song, so I feel like they just kind of... I think they made it up. They just made it all up? They're not basing it on, like, a historical figure or legendary figure or maritime sea shanty poem or anything else. It's just kind of their own thing. They may have based it on the Johnny Depp franchise, for all I know. I mean... You know, there's probably something for, let's say, the Johnny Depp franchise was inspired by this. but Could be. I think it's kind of a generic they do, they do pirate's go to tale, Tortuga, But That's yeah, true. It, yeah, it is. It's just, a, yeah, it, it's just like they wanted to write a pirate song. I think. Yeah, the thing, so wanting to write a pirate song is an interesting concept to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the high like, seas. They have, there's a lot of ocean stuff in their music, Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's it just interesting. Weird. Like, like we're rock and rollers, but we're gonna sing about pirates. It's, I mean, and I'm not. I, I'm just like it's. It's an interesting intersection, right? And it's well, kind it of is. cool that that intersection was allowed to exist. That they are able to pry open this little tiny space, this little crack in like society to exist, <laughs> right? With with their pirate rock and roll, you know. The tiniest little tic-tac-shaped section of the overlap in the Venn diagram between (laughs) rock and roll and swashbuckling pirate stories. Yes. But, I mean, if you think about it, Led Zeppelin was making music at this time, and most of their shit was about Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, is it really that far Which is also a a weird thing. Also, I'll say... Very strange. That was a lot of this stuff, a lot of this prog rock... 
And I guess Led Zeppelin's not really prog rock, but they're like a yeah. precursor to that, maybe. Yeah. But like oh, again, man. yeah, there's a lot of that. Like we're gonna sing, and then eventually with heavy metal, like you know, oh, we're gonna right. sing about demons and Fantasy spells and, and stuff, yeah. and mm-hmm. that was uh, hard to yeah. I was it's, Led Zeppelin came on the radio a couple of years back. I was in the car with. My wife and daughter, you might know them. Their names are Leslie and Jules. But, like, I'm trying to remember what song came on. I don't know if it was, like, Over the Hills and Far Away or something off Led Zeppelin 4, mm-hmm. I'm sure, right? And it's all about Gollum and the rings. and Right, yeah. They both are kind of, they both kind of look at me like, did they just say Gollum? <laughs> because now, obviously... It's, you know, we have the Peter Jackson. That's all, like, front of mind. And everybody knows Gollum, my precious, and all that shit, and the rings. And it's like, wait a second. We know this is a Led Zeppelin song from, like, the 70s or the 60s, somewhere back there. (laughs) Did he just say Gollum? (laughs) Yes. Their songs are either about sex or Lord of the Rings. There's not really a middle ground. (laughs) Right. It is like... uh yeah, but that is, you're right, with the Peter Jackson movies being front and center, it is kind of like, like uh, oh, like here's some like great rock and roll music, but they're singing about like Tony Stark. Right. Or psychic, you know? right. Tony Stark built his suit, flew into the sky. Like, it's just like, what? What are you talking about? He's Iron Man now, Avengers. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Oh, shit. Yes. Yes. Oh, there's the next one we can write. (laughs) Tony Stark flew into the sky. (laughs) Just writes itself. It pretty much does. He's got little thrusters in his palms. What's next? Uh, Wait, Jonas Salter. I like it. Jonas... You know what I don't like about it? Are the little Tommy-like bits. I'm like, okay, get past that so I can get back into the... I like that. Yeah, I need the Tommy-like bits to carry me. Like, I need both of them together, I think. I don't know. Without You're right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe without it, actually, maybe I'd like it more, now that you say it. Because the Tommy-like stuff, again, it's a strained relationship between, like... This, I realize, is kind of ridiculous, but I like it anyway. And maybe without it, I would just be like, oh, yeah, I like these parts. Hmm. It's hard to say. Hard but to, to say. me, those Tommy parts are just so much important for sticks for me. Because my main sticks thing is like... The Dennis flourishes, probably. The Dennis flourish. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the, 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 the kind of like musical theater rock opera kind of stuff that gets in there. Which is why Dennis got kicked out of the band eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. But J.Y. and Tommy were just like, enough of this fucking shit. Because J.Y. always wanted to be just a rocker, you know? Just he didn't care. Rock this shit. And to me, the serpent is rising, or serpent is rising, is peak J.Y. Despite, Mm -hmm. like, ugh, like... He can get a little too much with his vocals, and, like, I get that he's tossing and wanking on the guitar, but it's like, nah, it's peak J.Y., and I kind of like it. 
because yeah. guess what? JY's contributions to this band, as far as I'm concerned, go downhill pretty quickly after this album. Okay, I got something to look forward to exploring <laughs> to after this. Or maybe you'll yeah. love it. Who knows? I, don't, I know. don't know. Yeah. I mean, I will say, talking about Dennis being kicked down and everything, like, if I had a choice between seeing... I may have mentioned this in another episode, I don't remember. But if I had a choice between seeing Styx or Dennis DeYoung plays the music of Styx, which are pretty much two different acts that are currently out there to see, I would definitely pick Dennis DeYoung plays the music of Styx. Yeah, you know, and I probably would too, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, because Dennis is, I don't know, he's the soul of the band ultimately, I think. He is, no doubt about that. Even if he's... Singing about Grove of Eglantines and other things. Oh, that reminds me of some trivia about Grove of Eglantine I forgot to bring up. I mean, I I, felt like you went so deep on Grove of Eglantine. Yeah, but I have even more. Pun intended? Is that a pun? It's just gross. I I don't see it in my notes. I think I feel like something got lost somewhere. I don't know. But, um, he, so Grove of Eglantine, here's a little... It's either a vagina or a butthole. We're not sure. Well, the the song at this point, though, it is, according to some, um, it has never been played live. Now, isn't that something? By Styx or by any other band until 2015. What the fuck? When O.W.E. Crew. Oh. O-W-E. Did I forget what that stands for? I had it in my notes, and it's, like, gone. Like I feel Old like there was some... wriggly egghead. It's like, um... O-W-E... Only sticks. white elephants. But they're a Sticks tribute band. Hmm. One with everything. O-W-E. One with everything. That's a Sticks tribute band? Yeah, I don't know where their title derives from. I'm certainly not a sticks. I thought maybe you would know. No. One no, with you know everything. What? It's probably some new sticks bullshit. And by new, I mean post-1999. Right, right. Yeah. One with everything. Uh, they, um... That definitely sounds like new... New yeah, sticks, it could be. sticks stuff. But they are a Styx tribute band, and I saw... Because I was... So here's the other thing I was like. I was like, you know, lately, I've been... When I discover bands I kind of like, or I'm trying to decide what's up with them, I look up their live stuff. Like, I'll, I'll hear a song by them. Like, I like that, but I want to see, like, what they're actually, like, performing this. Like, I don't know, it's just... And, and like I mentioned, the White Stripes, my favorite thing by them is this one live performance of a song. So like, it's kind of moved me into this. Like, I want to watch. Just, I'm much more interested in watching bands do things live. So I was like, well, are there videos of Sticks doing any of these songs out there? Do you generally like videos prefer of them? like live music to like an album that's been crafted? I think it really depends. Like, but by and large, for for music that's like rocking. Yes. Hmm. I do. All right. I mean, or maybe it's like after I listen to an album a couple times, I'm like, this is good, but okay, I've listened to it a couple times. Now let's listen to it live, hear it a little differently. Or 
I think there's also something to be said for like I'm not sure how to pro like there's certain bands that I think that are like amazing live but their albums aren't just okay like they don't capture what they have live on the album and there's certainly songs or, or things that are just like studio experiences like this was obviously crafted in a studio with all sorts of different elements and things that you know just can't really be recreated live dark, like, dark side of the moon yeah exactly things like that so obviously that's a whole different category also but really when it comes to like just like simple rock and roll i'm just like i want to hear live i want to find a good recording of a lot some live performances of this to to get a sense of sense of it but anyway because of that i was searching up so i was like well let me go to youtube let's put a grove of eglantine live i want to see and this is what came up. You have a link? Uh, well, I, I did, but, you know, I'm telling you, my notes app fucked up or something. Well, you don't have to play it now, but we can have one link. I mean, I couldn't, yep. you know, I'm not talking to you, handling the money, writing the show <laughs> notes, right. baking right. scones, and recording a podcast all at the same well, time, here. dude. Yeah, there so we don't have any link. show notes. So that could be and our I one show have, note. I don't have the show note thing up either, but I'm just going to... Here, I have the link to it. I'm just throwing it into our little messaging thing for to you. All right. So at least it's somewhere to remind us. Um, yeah. And so they claim that's the first time this song's ever been done live. They say Styx has ne- They say they're sure Styx has never performed it live. <laughs> And they say, as far as they know, no other band has ever covered it live. I can't imagine any band ever covering (laughs) that song. So they're like, here it is. Enjoy it for the first time ever. Grove of Eglantine live. Although, talk about there not being any new ideas. In 1999, when I was starting my band, one of my ideas was, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a Styx cover band, but we're only covering songs that nobody's ever heard of. Right. So people would show up and like, oh, that'll be whatever. Like, it'll be like Velveeta or something, you know? They're going to play right. Come Sail Away and Blue Collar Man and Renegade and shit. And it would all be like Grove of Eglantine, A Day, Winner Take All, right. Father OSA. <laughs> that was my one idea. And then the other idea was I would start a band, but I wouldn't really... I would just be the same level of musician as... Well, as I still am, like I wouldn't be any good, but I'd have other musicians on stage with me that would actually know how to play. And we would do like a two hour long show, but it would be like literally me trying to play songs and everybody playing at that level of musicianship until the end. And then we break out like something and we play it perfect. And then we walk on stage. You can imagine me trying to, like, play a thing. (laughs) Right. Be terrible. If they're willing to sit through two hours of that, they'll be rewarded with that twist ending. Right. And, like, you just fucking nail it. Yeah. Anyway, just spoiled my two ideas. Speaking of twist endings, I think before we move on, we have to talk about the twist ending of Jonas Salter. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it has a twist ending here. I'll, I'll try to. I mean, if, if somebody's listening to this, like they're already on the hook for having spoilers, so I think it's fine. Yeah. I'm trying to get. This must be. 
close to the end. Yep. too greedy twist twist ending you know you get too greedy it doesn't work out too good for you is that is that what they're saying well i don't know you know he goes and he charges the castle there's 200 soldiers and it's like i'm just gonna kill everybody and take all the shit keep it for myself it's like well then you know you killed everyone you got everything you wanted then why did we find you in your bed well, with I think a bullet in your head. It's about, I mean, maybe kind of like greed, but some, that's more of a corollary to the fact. I think this is similar to like a theme they take up later in The Grand Illusion, which is like you think having things would make you feel good and, you know, you being a success and, you know, judging yourself compared to other people. So he got everything like, he wanted and then he took his own life. But he got everything he wanted. It still didn't make him happy. It didn't solve the hole in his soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A corollary. He's like, I think that's kind of, you know, it's like filling the cup with no bottom kind of thing. Yeah. So, although, you know, so, so this twist ending, you know, the concept of it, I have no problem. Their implementation of it, I'm not a fan of. I take issue with it. What's your issue? Like, they didn't need... They, like, really overplay it. You know what I mean? How so? I don't know. I think, like... Like, they're rocking and rocking. Well, so why did we find you in your bed? With that bullet in your head. And, like, they play... It's not even delivery of the vocals. It's more the... Just, like, yeah, the whole tone of the song changes. And then it stretches. There's, like, another 40 seconds of, like, this slow outro kind of thing like it's just overdone like it just has to it should like end like a a gun clap or something or like like just like bam we just hit you with the ending <sighs> suckers i was you know, disagreeing like, with with you until you came up with that suggestion and i like that that probably would have worked better i'm agreeing with you on yeah. that but that yeah. being said i like the like long outro stuff like, as bad as this, whatever, five and a half minutes of, you know, kind of plodding. I like that shit. Yeah. I don't like the I Tommy mean, not, Segway stuff as much, but I like it when they yeah. do a thing and they just really lean into it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying no songs or none of their songs or anything should have, like, long outros. I'm just saying in this particular case, like, it's a twist ending, but you don't have to, like... 
drag it out. Belabor people. it so much. But yeah. he, here's yeah. the thing, though. Here's or the like thing. Make it such a like hit us over the head. Like like it almost diminishes the surprise ending in a way. But here's the thing. This is not the end of the album. So well, I think you're true. you're thinking about this case has become very small. Perhaps we got a couple more tracks to go here. Yeah. So I don't know if I should. Let me say this before we get too far into that shit, that nasty, rotten business. Um, there is a nugget of, uh, we'll call it trivia, right at the end of this, like, 40-second-long outro. What instruments do you hear, like, especially right towards the end, like in the like last a, 15 seconds? A, an accordion? Fucking A, there's an accordion. When sticks first got together, they weren't called sticks. Or called like the trade winds or something. It may have even been right, before right. that. <clears throat> it was even before that. I don't <clears throat> think they had a name yet. And it was just Dennis and the Panazzo brothers. And John Panazzo was the drummer. Chuck was the bassist. And Dennis played the accordion. The motherfucking accordion. Is there? Is, I wish there was some. Is there any like record of this surviving? I'm, there must be photos and, and it, because, like, that's like, that's hardcore right there. Hardcore. I almost kind of wish they could have make that work because that would be. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's where but, it's yeah. all coming from, you know. And then JY came along, not too long after that, and brought his guitar with him. I guess within his right. They're like, tough you're strings. gonna do rock and roll. I mean, like, it would have been, like, Weird Al, except not doing parodies, like, doing, right. like, genuine this shit. weird prog rock stuff. But meaning I, it. I don't know. And meaning it. And then Dennis DeYoung even has the curly, weird hair like Weird Al. He does. He does. There really is, like, something to say about, like, there's some parallel universe where, like, this Weird Al-like band is actually, like, a serious band. I, yeah, that's pretty... That's heavy, man. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. But anyway, so, yes, they're dragging out this surprise twist ending where, you know, you storm the castle, you got everything you want, your life is still empty, and what? Maybe you take it, you shoot yourself, because it's not what you wanted. And that's, a, like, a small, that's one person, you know? I mean, yeah, he killed some mm -hmm. people, but, like, that's his personal story, and we're about to move into something grander here. So I think there's cause to, like, drag this out and extend it a little bit. Because it leads into the okay. next thing. Yeah. I well, I will say, so... The, 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 uh... Here, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna rewind, like, ten seconds. That's well, twenty-two seconds. Yeah. There's 17. We'll try that. Because I do like this segue between this end of Jonas Salter, like the end of that, and then it goes into the next song. Mm -hmm. The titular Serpent is Rising. So let's listen to that. And then I guess we can listen to Serpent too. But I'll play some the end of Salter. I think there's a little more harpsichord okay. right here too. Yeah. Okay. I stopped it again. Because another thing I wanted to point out that I just noticed this when I played the last time and I thought I must be crazy. Like it sounds like on the accordion he's playing Home on the Range. 
at least a part of it. Like, and the skies are not cloudy yeah. all day. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right, totally. Don't know if that's intentional. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Trying to get this somewhere. I'm very confused at what Spotify is telling me. Anyway, okay, here we go. Maybe this is the top of the neck. Don't know. I guess there wasn't. This riff 
Yeah. It does sound like a serpent rising. Yeah, something about it. Like, I could say, you know, like, well, just the way a snake moves and the way that melody goes back, and there is something about it. Like, I could see it, like, in a video game, like, you have to fight, like an old Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. I could see, like, an 8-bit version of that melody. Oh, yeah. And, like, oh, here's the big snake guy. He's, like, right. the big as boss tall as is the, the screen, and you're serpent. a little thing that has to jump around and mm-hmm. defeat him. And darting his head at you, you know, yeah, kind of exactly. like his body is sort of writhe, like the front half of him is up in the air, and then the back half is maybe writhing, or the tail is going back and forth, kind of circularly. Totally. So you mentioned, I think you were implying something about this song, like being like. I don't know, like the 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 the, the subject. Maybe I misunderstood what you said. Well, like this, the subject of this song being a heavy thing or something, or a well, new we're thing. We're going from the very personal. You right. know, it's a. We've been through the album, and part of the reason I like this song is we've been through the album. It's a story of love and lust and adventure and ultimate, like loss, like the most loss that you can have, but a very personal sense of. And like you said, like you had it all, all of the sex, all of the, you know, both adventure mm-hmm. on the sea, you're fighting, you had women, you had treasure. And it's like, no, it just didn't do anything. And so on a, the small, on the micro level, it's like, nope, it's over. Boom. He shoots himself in his bed because he can't find happiness. And then we go on this journey to like... <laughs> The abyss of right. space, as Kuralewski calls it. And then it's like we're on some other planet, and there's like seven ages of time where they're conjuring up this whatever. What ages? Ice ages? Stone ages? Bronze ages? Ages. Right. That seems like a long ages. time, and there's seven yeah. of them. Just to conjure up this this what? This serpent? <laughs> what and what? And now we're on this like mind-boggling, like cosmic scale of right. other shit happening, and like that's where it ends. But we've gone from the very personal micro to the hugely macro over the course of like two or three minutes. Here, it's like Jesus Christ, what the right. fuck are you people doing? <laughs> and this is like a precursor to come sail away somehow where it starts off we're on a boat we're gonna sail away holy shit now there's a ufo and there's (laughs) you know it's like what the fuck (laughs) so talk about having like the nuggets of sticksiness in there this is maybe more than a nugget but this is like yeah you can see it happening which is and this is a kuralewski jam which is why it's like fuck if we could have had a little more serpent in the come sail away, instead of like JY and Tommy kind of taking over, it's like Kuralewski had a, like, I think he had a little bit better of a grasp on like what doesn't suck real bad. <laughs> and right, and right. JY and Tommy just don't have that filter at all. God bless them. Right. But like, they have no idea what sucks and what doesn't suck. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't just go all the time. It's like I don't know. Yeah, and his stuff played with the Dennis DeYoung harpsichord. Yeah, gentleman's 
Yes. Opera yeah. or whatever I, it was. I felt they like going on. they were they were of a piece, the two of them, and like you know, Dennis, and then on the other side, JY and Tommy. Like it just became too incongruous. Eventually. <sighs> Whatever. That's my take on. And again, I should have let you go first, but yeah. couldn't help it. I mean, I don't have much of a take on this song. I can't decide if I like it or hate it. Yeah. Because on some ways, like, I like just sonically, just like aesthetically, like not even getting into the subject matter of like this serpent uncoiling in your spine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, whenever anything happens and involves an animal in your spine, can't be good. It makes me, it gives me like Hunter S. Thompson vibes because he used that imagery once and it really stuck with me. But Oof, yeah, that's no good. Like there was like a cockroach in his spine, like oh, climbing God. up his spinal column or something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, um, but yeah, like I can't decide if I kind of I'm, I'm into the whole like NES villain serpent music or. Like, no, this sounds like an NES villain music. That's kind of dumb. Like, I can't decide. I see it both ways. Like, I kind of like it, but I'm also kind of like, uh... I imagine you'll come down on one side or the other eventually. Yeah. There's no right or wrong answer, you know? Yeah. We'll just see. And maybe it'll go back... Because I, I think I come down on both sides as it is right now. I feel like I would use the... Remember when tape decks had that technology that they put in there where you could press fast forward and it would somehow fast forward to the end of the track? Yeah, it would look for silence or something. Yeah. yeah. I would use that for this song sometimes. Maybe like get out of this one. Yeah, fuck this. That's interesting. I wouldn't. Uh, out of these songs, that's. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Well, if you think about what's left of the album. It's like, well, all that's right, true. we've been through you it. Might it's as like, well okay, just end it. Might as well just end it. Because, yeah. Fuck it. So that's the thing. So the rest of the album, there's two more tracks. <laughs> yeah. Which really, I don't know if they really need to be separated into two. They're just both part of some kind of like sonic tapestry in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So, so, sort of like sonic denouement. Yeah. So, like, after. <laughs> Serpent is rising, you get this. We get this, he says. We get it's this. Like, like it's a present. It's called Krakatoa. We get it. Don't know what it is exactly, but... Well, this is Kuroluski again, so maybe I take I mean, back I'm all right side. when albums have these kind of, like, little interlude pieces and stuff to build up mood or just to kind of, again, take you on a kind of a sonic journey. Like, here's a song, then here's a... You know, like kind of like Pink Floyd, sure. You know, Dark Side of the Moon kind of stuff, or like ooh, even um, yeah, which is there like stuff in, spinning around in more yeah more modern stuff and like you know rap albums do a lot of this like quote unquote skits yeah, like you got a little, little like between the sure. stack people talking yeah so like I'm kind of into it in a way. I mean, I would At least like I, it. I can respect. I can respect it. Oh, for sure. But it's like I'm driving, you know, and it's like I want to get into a groove. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Well, it's weird that it's at the end. That's my problem with it. Um, well, it's not all the yeah, way so this at the guy end. keeps yammering on and the weird... uses the weird pained music is happening. I'm going to just fast forward How long to does it. that go on before... It, a minute and 36 seconds. That's it? Before it transitions? Before it transitions. So here's like... <gasps> I would have said last... four minutes. Oops. Yeah, you, you jumped the gun a little bit there. Yeah, well, the... Yeah. It builds and builds. Even... Yeah, I'm just going to play the almost... The... Yeah. It's almost there. So... You know, you get this... Crescendo. I guess that's what you call it. I don't know. Sure. Now I love this effect. Rising tones and falling tones overlap. It's like the THX. Mm-hmm. It goes on for like another, <laughs> like over a minute of that hallelujah chorus to the end, pretty much. They do right? a pretty rousing, yeah. They do a pretty rousing version of hallelujah chorus, though, don't you think? There, there are three part harmonies going, and I mean, I can't tell if you're making a joke or not. Like, is it actually them, <laughs> or yes, it's just some recording, or it's actually them? No, I don't it's know. Them. I just assume it's a recording is some like choir. No, they did it. But but I think it's weird. Well, they did a good job of it then. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's them doing it. That's Dennis playing some giant ass pipe organ in a church in a cathedral. Let's say it's St. John's Cathedral or something in Chicago. That's probably a thing we could find out, but I don't feel like looking for it right now. But yeah, and then they sang over it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel was, like Yeah, I wasn't joking. They did a good job. It's rousing. It is rousing. Nice work. I feel like I actually liked it. Like when this came on, I was listening to this in the car and it came on the Krakatoa and then it segued into it kinda like it got I was like, Whoa, that's kinda something. I I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> You know, the segue from the Krakatoa stuff into the chorus with that, like, THX-type sound, and then it's, uh, then it's like, you know, it harmonizes in with the Hallelujah. That's cool. Yeah. I just feel like it's weird putting it at the end. Like, it should be somewhere else. Like, it should, like, do something, like, open side two. Or maybe, you know, Serpent is Rising is kind of like a... Like or or we talked about how to start the album. Like maybe the album should have started with Serpent is Rising and got into Krakatoa and Hallelujah Chorus and you're like, Okay, now I'm ready for a real fucking head trip and then take you into some of these others. I don't know. I don't know. You got a lot of opinions about how you think <laughs> this band should construct their songs do, man. What and else their albums but what i have but opinions yeah i don't know i just well like you know it you just seems really end weird it with to a bang you know end. jonas salter may i help you well they could have ended 
with him getting shot in the head. They did. There was just a little, you know, you got to trail off. And that would have been a... I'm just saying, if that was the last song on the album, keep the same order, but move Serpent is Rising, Krakatoa, and Hallelujah Chorus to the front. To the front or, or just the front before of Serpent? Two. What? To the front of the whole album? Yeah. No, come on. you got to end majestically. The whole end of the album, it goes down, goes back up, it goes down, and it ends up, you know? It's a ride. It's like, how's yeah. it going to end? Oh, it's going to end with him getting shot. Shit. And then it's like, no, it ends with this weird head trippy uh, cosmic okay. snake. And it's like, oh, that's w- what it is? And then it's like, fuck, no, it's a song about a volcano or something? What the? This is even worse. Now I feel like I'm on an acid trip. And then it's like, no, you've come back out at 6 o'clock in the morning. You made it through. The sun comes up. Yay. Happy endings. They're like David Lynch. They're obsessed with happy yeah. endings. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe put Serpent is Rising, Krakatoa Hallelujah Chorus. Have that open side too. It ends with Jonas Salter. He shoots himself. But then, surprise, plexiglass toilet. That's the actual end. I'm into it. <laughs> you know, we could reprogram the album that way, actually. See if it works. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'd actually want to end on that. It's like, like okay, Scott Ackerman, go, go yeah. like, reprogram the album. I'm going to yeah. resequence it. Make, we'll resequence and see what happens. Yeah. You're going to piss me off. I don't know. <laughs> I like Krakatoa and Hallelujah Chorus together. I like that it's on the album. I just think it shouldn't be. The only, I don't know how else to solve it. I just don't think it should be at the end, I guess. But maybe that's the only place for it. The, the thing you hated the most on the album you want to put right at the end so that that's what people remember wipe the butt clean with the paper <laughs> right I guess no I wouldn't really put that at the end leaving with a bad taste in their the mouth end. so to speak hopefully not that bad but you know what I mean yeah mm. okay well, fine. so how are your scones looking over there I don't know we'll see I mean they look okay I got a couple more All things right. I gotta do and I'll seal them up and I'll send them to you tomorrow and you tell me all right, beautiful. I don't eat this shit. <laughs> well, there we go. We got ten tracks. Ten tracks, ten scones. Ten tracks, ten scones. That was sticks and scones. The serpent rose. <laughs> <laughs> 